The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. One, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. From Illinois and New York, it's the paternity test. This week, Fat Batman, Coffee Pots for Two, Ghost Todd, Filthy Elmos, and Death Talk with Your Kids. And now, without further ado, here are the dads. Hey everybody, you're listening to episode one of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York. Welcome to the podcast that might have to live in its own garage to be near its kids, but at least it gets to play Batman. I can't believe Benifer is, uh, is that what they call themselves or each other or what we call them? Benifer? I don't think they call themselves anything anymore. Oh no, now they... Benifer's but he is dead. living in the he is living in the garage. Long live Batfleck. He is living in the garage, and he looks like. Did you see Entertainment Weekly today? It has the Justice League on it. It has Bloatman. He looks so fat in that Batman costume, <laughs> and I don't know if it's the armor or if it's him. Because that's the thing with Ben Affleck, who I'm not particularly a fan of. Even when he's in shape, he looks fat now. He's like one six pack of cores from being Vince Vaughn. He looks like he's living in the garage and watching his kids play through a fogged up window, fogged up with his beer breath and tears as Alias plays in the yard with his kids and a maid and a pool. Whenever he was in the town, there was a shot of him. He had like a 17 pack and he looked good. That was five, six years ago. What is he, 50? (laughs) Not quite. No, seriously. He's Uh, Ben Affleck. I bet he's mid 40s, right? I love that we guess people's ages when we have the whole entire internet in front of us. Yes, if only the combined knowledge of humanity were available in a searchable format on a device that we all carry in our pockets. It sucks. Only. I know. Uh, he's 42. You'd think with all the technology Batman has, he'd have some bat spanks. Yeah, I guess, I guess uh, Wayne Industries hasn't figured out elastic yet. This movie feels cursed. I I'm- think because people love to hate Ben Affleck. Yeah, you know, I mean, he had he had so much success so fast with the uh, with, with his buddy Matt Damon, and after he did a couple of really bad movies, people just assumed he would always do bad movies. Even when he's done really good stuff, people and he has won't like some him. good stuff. He like uh, the town was good, and he directed mm-hmm. that. What was it called? The town? Did I make that the up. Town. The stuff he directs is really good. Yeah, he's a better director. He's a lousy yeah. screenwriter and a mediocre actor, and like a, quite a good director, I guess. Right, Gone Baby Gone is really good. Is that what it's called? Gone it's Baby Gone? gone I think it's just called Gone Baby. Gone Baby. No, not not Gone Girl. Gone I'm Girl. talking about. Oh, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Is that that sounds like a? Uh, I think you're a, thinking of Reindeer Games. No, you're thinking, you're thinking of, of a violent the film song. No, you're thinking of Jersey Girl. You're no, thinking I'm of not. Haley. No, I'm not. <laughs> Stop being. It my is wife. called Stop Gone. Tell me I'm thinking of something I'm not. <laughs> it, is, um, it is called Gone Baby Gone, 2007, yeah. a thriller. Stop uh, thinking about how selfish you are and not about my needs. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's got more. Is that about a kidnapping? Yes. Of a baby? No, of a kid. Oh. It's a kidnapping, not a baby napping. Gone, kid, um, gone. 
Gone, kid, gone. So now he's going to be fat old Batman. And and divorced Batman, (laughs) like single dad Batman. Oh, yeah. So do you think, like, he, you know, to try to keep the kids on his good graces, he's going to, like, come home with a Batman suit and just try to get the kids to play with him? And... Hey, you guys, who, who wants to throw a battering around, huh? Two Christmases! It's going to be. Mom says we're not supposed to let you in the door anymore. We're supposed to call the police if you show up. <laughs> if you come in through the garage door, <laughs> you're, not allowed, you're not allowed to use the servant entrance, Dad. I'm confused about her shoulders, though. Who, Wonder Woman or Jennifer Garner? Jennifer Garner, the very, very broad. Are they? She's odd looking. There was a time when I was very attracted to her, and I can't decide if something was wrong with me or if she has melted. It depends on what angle they use, I think. And it, you know, when she was an alias, I feel like she was, Mm -hmm. she hadn't grown into her masculinity yet. And there's a, there's a masculine quality to her, just to her, her skeleton, big bones somehow. And I can't figure it out. They've tightened her as much as they can possibly tighten her. <laughs> like they cannot make her bones thinner. Well, she does all the uh, Capital One commercials now, right? And right, because I... she needs the money. She's, sure. She makes a lot of credit card commercials. Selling credit cards to middle class and poor people, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really great message, by the way. Well, Kelly always because every time it's on there, I'm like, I don't get her face. Like, I don't understand. Not that she's she's not unattractive, but no. it, when she smiles, it's like she looks sad. And there's something it, very strange about her mouth. <laughs> she smiles, yeah. but her face goes into a frown. It's a frowny smile. And right, and is it, it an underbite? She's too many features. There's too many features happening. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of features. The she lips looks like remember those lemurs from lips. the subway ads. The lemurs from the subway ad. They were a meme on the internet in the early 2000s. We like the moon. She looks like those. Like if you took somebody's features and you cut them all out, you blew them up to the wrong size, and then you glued them back on. And yet she's kind of hot too. It's weird because Mm -hmm. sometimes the the camera will look at her, and she'll sort of do an over the shoulder look at the camera, and (laughs) I'm jealous of her muscles. Sometimes, (laughs) and sometimes she looks like. This delicate flower with this with this childlike smile, and I, I get so confused when I look at her. It's like she's thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> it is. She's a bone lifter. Her bones I, again. It's really the bone density. I think <laughs> the density. <laughs> the density. She has she a rock like really density. She's she can't swim. Pounds. She'll sink. She looks skinny, but she's four hundred pounds. <laughs> She's older than Fat Man. <laughs> yeah, 43. she's 43. Robbing the cradle of love. You know oh who needs God. some shoulders is that chick playing Wonder Woman standing next to Bloat Man on this cover. She is Scrander Woman. I feel it's, like Wonder Woman should be like a little a little manly, a little tough looking. Like well, She should look it, like she can take you. you she know? should look at least like Black Widow where she's like it's a little ridiculous. I'm She, she is. does not look like Jillian Michaels. She looks like some model that you dressed up like Wonder Woman. She looks hot. She looks beautiful. She looks great. She doesn't look like she's going to throw me across the room. She may if she would like to, but she does not look like she could. She is actually nominally an Amazon, so oh. she should be a little bit oh, of an yeah. Amazon. Exactly. I mean, she doesn't have to be grotesque. She doesn't have to look like Zap the American Gladiator, but she should look at least like a... Remember in the late 90s when the WWF was suddenly filled with hot women? I don't know. It was during the Stone Cold Steve Austin era. There were suddenly like Stacey Keebler and like a bunch of... 
I don't know, but you're like she's bikini only, models. Yeah, she's the only one that I've, by the late 90s, the WWF had lost me. So, But Stacey Keebler, I do remember, and she was hot. It's <laughs> like, there's no more Ricky the Dragon yeah. Steamboat or the Honky Tonk Man, you were out. <laughs> They're all dying. I don't know. They're all dead. They're, They're so all dead. dying. It's it's actually incredible. It's it's incredible the rate at which they are all dying. It's incredible that, the, that these guys that fill their bodies with steroids for years are dying off at a quick rate. You're right. Well... When you put it that way, no, it's it's not incredible. (laughs) Hey, folks, you're already shopping Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. Just type in what you're looking for. It'll open up a new window that's an Amazon window. Uh, You'll do your shopping. Amazon knows you came through our portal, and they will share their profits with us. You don't have to pay extra. You don't have to sign up for anything. You just buy what you were going to buy anyway, and we use that money to keep this show on the air. I just bought something on Amazon to help keep this show on the air, but I think it might mean the end of my marriage. My wife and I have become a two-separate-coffee-pot family. Nice. Actually, we bought a one, one coffee machine with two s- discrete pots on it. Am I describing that in a way that's coherent? One that machine, two pots. Sounds like the sounds like the love toilet. <laughs> it's like a love toilet. If one was orange and full of Sanka and one was green and full of caffeine, it would look like a diner. There are two pots. Shut up. No, wait. So you got, like, did you get it on Craigslist? No, you got it on Amazon. Now, is it meant for an office building? Who are they trying to sell this to? It's meant for people who are one step away from the husband living in the garage in a Batman costume. It is, we, she drinks decaf, which is like near beer or yeah. e-cigarettes What's to me. I don't understand. Point? If you're not getting the drug, why are you drinking the bitter brown water? The drug uh, delivery system. Right. I drink calf. We both get up early in the morning, and we have been like spy versus spying each other over our coffee for years now. We're like we try to. We, we're getting earlier and earlier in the night the day before where we load the coffee pot up with our own drinks so the other person can't have the pot. Now, do you both need an entire pot of coffee? Like, can't a Keurig machine solve this where you each yeah, make you a cup of coffee? First of all, if you buy a Keurig, you hate your children's future, right? Because isn't the whole planet going to be covered in those little cups? We have a Keurig. We don't use any of those cups. We have the reusable ones, and we just put our own coffee in them. And Kelly and I both drink caffeinated coffee, but we drink two different kinds. She likes just, like, the standard Folgers kind of coffee, which I find to be too bitter, and I like the 100% Arabica beans that uh, actually the Walmart brand Boring. is my favorite. Exactly. I'm surprised you like uh, bitter coffee. I would think you would mm. want like a sausage coffee. coffee. Yeah, a Kapolska kielbasa coffee, or something I'm still <laughs> trying something to figure out. by Captain Crunch. I'm still trying to figure out a way to do that with my well, I, I load it up with creamer with like this chocolate caramel creamer. So it's mostly there that we with go. A bit there of it is. It's mostly palm nice. oil and chocolate flavoring. Well, so you two drink coffee like dainty little ladies. If you only have one cup, yes, we. My wife and I both drink a pot of coffee. Yeah, but I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. I mean, well, that makes up for it. And Todd yeah. beats his wife, so. <laughs> 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 but we we both drink a, a pot of coffee, like 10 cups of coffee, 12 cups of coffee between waking up and lunch. So Keurig's not going to do it. But that means you have to be home from waking up and lunch. Right. Are I'm you, not home. Are you home from no, waking up and lunch? No, they make large coffee carrying machines called mugs <laughs> and thermoses. And we take those with us. You should see my wife's. You could actually fit our child into her thermos. So did you get the Cucina Pro double brew station? Yes. Yeah. You know what exactly what it is? It's two coffee makers next to each other. 
You could have just bought two coffee makers. You yeah, right. It is two mis- coffee You could have got two Mr. Coffees and just set them next to each other. It signals to me that we have decided to live separate lives. Exactly. That's how it goes. Separate coffee, separate vacations, yeah. separate lives. Next time you guys are shopping for beds, you'll see your wife wandering through the twins size aisle. <laughs> like, oh, oh. Maybe we should each get a yeah. twin bed because I like a firm one and you like it soft. This is the greatest discovery I've made about marriage is that you get to be alone a lot of the time. I always thought that when you got married, you're just going to be with this. And look, I love my wife and we hang out a lot, but I thought I was going to have to hang out with her all the time. I thought it was going to be like dating in college where you were forced to be with your girlfriend in every social situation ever. Right. Even but if you were not... reading a book, one hand was turning the pages. The yes. other hand was reaching behind you to hold hands with your mm-hmm. girlfriend. And what I've learned is she doesn't want to be around me a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Because she's so exhausted and tired, and I don't want to be around her, not because I don't like her, but because I just need, we both need decompression time, or they will read about us in the newspaper. So we get all of this, because the time we need by ourselves doesn't always match up. So then we get lots of time apart. And by the way, time apart just means her watching Housewives and me doing a podcast, or me mowing the lawn and her doing laundry or... Or her on an app looking for a boyfriend and you trying to decide <laughs> if the right. rafters will hold your weight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Her on Tinder and me sticking my head in our gas stove. Now it's time for How the Better Half Lives. That's when we talk about life with our wives. So I... Uh had a, a thought the other day. I believe this was in the shower. Usually the, these, kind of, uh, these kinds of thoughts come to me in the shower. But I realized that, you know, eight years ago, if, you know, my kids were a lot younger, if I would have died, I would have, which was, you know, not out of the question back then because I've always been on a certain certain path. I feel like I would have tried to come back as a ghost and encourage my wife to move on and to find someone to help her raise our kids, you know, because I feel like they would have been missing that that father figure and and so i would have been the bigger man and said go for it be happy find find someone to help you through this bigger, tough time and uh bigger ghost yeah yeah i would have been the bigger ghost for like sure ghost dad ghost dad bill cosby <laughs> yes been exactly like bill cosby yep if he came back as a ghost i'm sure that's what he would do and not anything else <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now why do you always think about death when you're in the shower is it because Or is it because when the temperature goes up, your blood pressure gets really high and you almost stroke out? I think it's a couple of things. I think think it's being relaxed, being alone. And usually if I I have to get up and take the shower uh, shower in the morning and I'm tired, I find myself just standing in the shower, letting the warm water run down me and like just not doing anything, like not actively doing the shower things I'm supposed to do. So then I just kind of ruminate in thought and end up usually thinking about death or take or just taking a shower nap. But when I'm not taking a shower nap, I usually think about death. So, you know, eight years ago, I, I would have that's what I would have wanted for my family. And so then just the other week I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, Alex is 12. Ellie is nine. They know me pretty well. They've known me all their lives. And at this point, I don't want anyone to take my place. I want them to only think of me. Back ten, eight years ago, they barely would have remembered me. So, yeah, go ahead, move on. But now I think ghost me would come back and will probably come up to Kelly while she's sleeping and whisper in her ear something don't more. Do like, it. Yeah, don't do it. Focus on yourself. Get another master's degree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I touch your boob? 
Can you hear me right now? Can you feel this? How about this? So, well, that's what I wanted to ask you guys. Is that bad of me to think that, like, at this point, if I died, I'd, I'd rather not be replaced and think that she she can get through the next eight, six years with Alex. You know, he'll he'll graduate and go to college and, and nine years with Ellie without Yeah, if there's one time when you don't need a parent in your life, it's when you're a preteen and a teen. <laughs> right. They just raise themselves at that point. The Top podcast. has been spun, my friend. It's... Mm-hmm. it's... <laughs> Let me put it this way. It doesn't matter what you think. You can think whatever you want. Because if you go, you're gone. I hate to tell you this, but uh, I, I don't think Kelly would end up alone. Well, that's I. you're right. You're right. I'm surprised she hasn't remarried already. Yeah. I think she'll not even... bring a boyfriend to pick out your coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, just get the pine box. Baby, we're going to get your dead husband the best coffin money can buy. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really going to take the kids to the White Sox game again? Is it too soon to call you dad? Season tickets are too much. And I wouldn't even uh, burden my wife with a coffin because I'd be cremated and I'd make her carry my urn back home and place me on the dresser in her bedroom so I can be... Watch her and her new husband <laughs> around? No, she's not getting married, remember? I'm going to encourage her not to. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, because that's going to work. Ghost me Look, will come back. I guess back what I'm saying I... is you can do whatever you want, but it's not going to work. Ghost me will I... come back. I'm going to push a penny up the door. <laughs> right? and then she'll know that it's me. And Does I ghost can... you float up out of the urn that's on the dresser or come through the ceiling? Well, I'm not a genie in a bottle. It's not like she rubs the urn and I come out and go... Don't get remarried. Oh, that's not how that works. Are you going to make pottery? Like with you do that before you die, right? Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. God, that's, yeah. After you come back, you just drop windows on the president from Scandal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets taken away by 15 fake ghosts. <laughs> like color Remember forms on a screen. If you like this show, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. We're new again, and we need them by the hundreds. And now it's time for Scary Clowns and Filthy Elmos. This is the part of the show where we talk about the things that go bump in the night and scarring your kids for life. Well, I've got something in my neighborhood now that is going to scar my probably already scarred child. If you listen to our previous podcasting endeavor, we talked a lot about Filthy Elmos and nasty mascots like the ones in Times Square. And as you know, I've got a real problem with them for all kinds of reasons. So I'm walking down the street in my neighborhood, in the Edgewater neighborhood in Chicago, and I see a filthy, greasy Leonardo of the Ninja Turtles. What? Wow. Leonardo leads. He didn't have any katana blades. He just had a film on him. And And uh, in full costume? like uh... Full costume, head on, walking down the street. On Granville Avenue, which goes my neighborhood is has gentrified so whenever you're in some place that's in the process of gentrifying it means some of it is not gentrified mm-hmm. so it's patchy you know that mm-hmm. remember that sesame street thing from the from the 70s where the kid's going to get groceries for his mom and he's saying gallon of milk stick, stick of butter, butter. yeah loaf of bread gallon it. of milk stick of butter and as he repeats it the world goes all psychedelic on him right yeah that's walking through Edgewater. Like you'll you'll be everything'll be fine, everything'll be all craft whiskey shop and Whole Foods and then you'll go under a viaduct and then some somebody's selling you a rock, right? So, I'm walking along from like an Ann Sadler's Swedish cinnamon roll mm. area to 
a beach with a children's park. And in between, I've got to go through some bodega-y looking things that have signs very prominently advertising that they take link money, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, here comes a Ninja Turtle, a greasy, filthy Ninja Turtle. (laughs) And Viva's like, Daddy, a Ninja Turtle. And I'm it's the worst because, of course, your kid tunes into it, and you've immediately got to scan the Ninja Turtle to see if their genitals are outside the costume <laughs> or you know, if there's a pipe sticking out of the mouth of the costume. So we walked past him, and she was wondering why we're not over like shaking hands and getting a picture, and it's because I'm waiting for him to snap and stab me. And the next day, we're at the same spot. We're by Pete's Pizza, which is a great pizza place. We're by Dak Wings, and I see SpongeBob, filthy SpongeBob. And I hate SpongeBob on a good day because aren't yeah. we like – we're, like, just too old to appreciate SpongeBob, even though it's been on for, like, 25 years. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I was even, out of college. Even my kids who maybe my daughter might be too young for SpongeBob, but my son was probably the right age to have liked SpongeBob, but we hated him in our house. He was he never on the laugh. TV. We just didn't like him. It was it, – it didn't. I, I don't know if I thought he was too edgy for a three-year-old, so I didn't let him watch SpongeBob, but – He's uh, definitely headed in that Ren and Stimpy direction. Yeah. Not quite that gross and subversive, but definitely lean him that way. Plus, his pants are square. What the hell? I get the feeling that it's just something that millennials ironically watch. Do they watch it ironically? I can never tell. I can't figure it out. I think at this point, it's somehow their crappy version of The Simpsons, but I don't know. They're under what? How old is the millennial? Millennials, like, from 82 to 2000. All right, if you were born between 82 and 2000... Call us at 657-BAD-DADS and tell us what the hell the appeal is of SpongeBob SquarePants. Please, explain it in detail, because I I don't get it. And this SpongeBob was particularly unappealing because he was covered in splotches and walking past head shops and bodegas. And this this is Chicago. I mean, this is quintessential, quintessential, rather, Chicago, right? Nice area, nice area, terrible area, gun store, liquor store, wine shop, right? I mean, yes, it's, just- that's, it's pretty Chicago-y. It's we're very block to block here. And so we, we hustle across the street. And then we were sitting in, I think, the pizza place. And she's looking and she says, Daddy, look at SpongeBob. And I'm just waiting for the SpongeBob to have illicit sex with a hobo or, <laughs> you know, like do something really, throw up inside the costume, something that's going to mess her up. <laughs> well, they probably have already done that, but it's just dried up in there. <laughs> what he does is he takes the head off in the middle of the street, oh. runs over and kisses somebody standing up against a building. And the SpongeBob. You know, underneath the head is a real scumbag-looking young person, and he runs over and kisses another scumbag-looking young person. I couldn't tell if he kissed a guy or a girl because they were their scumbag nature really outweighed their gender identity. <laughs> and so, he, so scumbag SpongeBob goes over and kisses scumbag androgynous person, and they hold hands and they walk away. And Viva sees that happen and says, first she says, "SpongeBob took his head off," and then she says, "I guess SpongeBob knows that person." <laughs> <laughs> Either that or SpongeBob is about to know that person. SpongeBob needs a fix real bad, Dad. What I found out when we left, I walked up to someone who had taken a business card from Greasy SpongeBob. And it's actually, it's, it gets, the story gets worse because the, uh, these mascots have been, I'm assuming it was the so- same scumbag under the Ninja Turtle as under the SpongeBob, right? Yeah, is that safe? Probably. They're giving out business cards for the new vape store on this crappy block. <laughs> What the hell? That's the, the new emblem of a crappy block is vape stores. Got a vape right? store. So who are they appealing to? Like they're like, oh, what's what's our demographic? It's like people who like SpongeBob and Ninja Turtles. 
Well, are you know, I'll be honest, it's not that far off. Um, yeah, yeah SpongeBob's it, probably appropriate. If they're looking for stone yeah. millennials, SpongeBob. Well, not only that, uh, more kids vape than they do smoke cigarettes. That High school sense. age. That would make sense because they yeah. probably think it's safer. Which uh, it's, I mean, I guess technically. It, what, I mean, what it's, is it, it's what all is it, poison. It, it cools down the smoke so it doesn't burn your throat. Is that what it is? Is it kinder, gentler? Smoking it's kind of gentler. It's not. It's not tar, but it's. Have you ever looked at one? I mean, it, it's tar-like. It's questionable what's in them. If you buy them over the internet, you don't know what you're getting in them. What are you buying? E-liquid? Is that or is that? Yeah. Burn? Yeah. How can liquid be electronic? So uh, it plugs into a battery, and which I think heats it up. So an e-cigarette's like a little. I'm so. Oh, I must sound like I'm 90 right now. So an e-cigarette's <laughs> a little metal cigarette with a battery inside of it, mm-hmm. and you put a cartridge in. And yeah, you, you put a there's a battery comes out and, you know, they range from the one that what's her face uses in True Detective, which looks like a little stick to one my brother uses, which looks a little more like a cell phone from 1991. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, just all, they're all different. They're all different sizes. Hey, send us a question or a comment for the Paternity Test Mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our new phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. That's 657-BAD-DADS. Tell us we suck. Tell us we rule. Tell us again about our eyes. Don't just stand there charging your cell phone on the set of a Broadway play. Find us on social media. Like our page on Facebook. Share our posts. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Dad Test. I saw this play where the person charged their cell phone, hand to God, on Broadway. Sure. And there is no mistaking. It's on a proscenium stage four or five feet off the ground. And then the set is back and is a fake church basement that you've been staring at during the pre-show. And so they said somebody walked up on the stage. Like you would actually have to climb onto the stage and go back and try to plug your cell phone into the set. So the person they're trying to make this into emblematic of the rudeness that of our time that right. smartphones have brought. But the person was either a lunatic or doing it on a dare. Well, there's like, this video is way beyond rude. There's video of it. Have you seen the video of it? Is there? Theatermania.com has a video of the person crawling up on stage. Do uh, they look like a bro or like a crazy old person or well, like a vagrant? I'm, I'm two hundred dollars for a theater ticket. Is it really two hundred dollars to go see that show? Two twenty-five in the front row. Oh yeah, he climbs up on the stage. It looks like a younger dude. It's like a younger guy. He just jumps up because it's near the corner. He totally thinks he could just leave it there during the show and he'll pick it up later. Really, he's doing it surreptitiously. Yeah. Do we really think he's trying to get away with that, or is this a dare? Is he trying to get on on the the MTV Jackass or, or say well, Baba Blue? I'm Blues looking at it. It looks legit. There's no I way. Know. I mean, yeah, he's he is on a big proscenium stage that he has to sort of hop down off of. I think he's maybe a it was a jerk. dare. Is a total dare. I don't know. The house lights were up. Did you see? The house lights were up. The house lights, I'm assuming, aren't up during the show, right? No, it was before the show. There were people walking around. Okay, so he went to do this right before the show. Right. Well, he's not an animal. You know, he's (laughs) making sure he takes care of business before the lights go down. But it's a small set, too. There's no way you would think that the actors would just 
operate around your phone and it wouldn't inter- interrupt the action. <laughs> I uh, I was in a show once. I was understudy. All right, this is how this is this is how terrible my career was at one point. I was understudying Billy <laughs> Bibbit in a version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that was being performed in a hair salon. The bathrooms in the hair salon were actually <laughs> on stage. So they'd set up chairs, and at one point, some woman decided that she wanted to go to the bathroom. So in the middle of the show, she walked across the stage with actors acting, and she went and opened the door to the bathroom and sat in there and went to the bathroom. And then mm-hmm. when she was done, she walked back out. So I just had a, wow, a flashback. PTSD just kicked in. And now it's time for How to Talk to Your Kids. Today, we talk to our kids about death. Yeah, we do. If you want to know how to talk to your kids about death, specifically the death of a chipmunk, (laughs) then you should listen to this story. Just show them that banned Disney cartoon in which Donald finally catches Chip and Dale. Right. So we, we have chipmunks all throughout the neighborhood. I find chipmunks to be adorable. Yeah, they're pretty great. Right, your, kid, your your daughters must love the chipmunks in the yard because they're so damn cute. They do, they love them, but it drives our dog crazy. Sure, our dog barks all the time. He has pulled back cedar siding off of our house oh. uh, where the deck is, and he's destroyed some of the gutters. Just, I mean, totally destroyed them um, because these chipmunks go in and out. And I have a rock wall in the front of the house, in the back of the house, and then they have well, apartment complexes in there. I and thought you meant like a rock the chipmunks wall. Chipmunks do. The chipmunks do. It's terrible. I mean, they're all over all the time, and it's fine. I don't care. It's not like they leave cigarettes all over my yard. It's not. You know what I mean? Like they're not selling drugs to my kids. They just drive my dog insane. And at the first of the month, they have uh, snacks in the clubhouse to try and get the deadbeat chipmunks to pay their rent. I know. The thing is, uh, we walk the dog, and this is happening. So we walk the dog down the street. My daughters are on the tricycles. My wife is holding the leash, but she doesn't, when she holds, whenever we started walking Fonzie, I kept him at a heel all the time. So he's always walking next to me. But whenever she would walk him, she just sort of throw a rope around his neck and hope for the best. So it ended up where she would walk him more in his formative years. And so he just never learned. He kind of learned a lot of bad habits. So now whenever she walks him and, he just strays all the time. He's never at her side. He's always walking around smelling stuff. And the chipmunks are everywhere. And they're, they're ta- they taunt him. And they, they're just throwing up a middle finger at him as he walks by. And he'd had enough of it. And he dives after this chipmunk. And my daughters are there. And I'm there. And he catches it. And he's holding it in his mouth. And I grab him. And my wife screams. Because her initial reaction is to scream. Like I'll talk to her afterwards, and she's like, "I." It's like she she blacked out. Like she doesn't remember <laughs> screaming. She'll scream. My daughters are fine. They don't seem to care. They're just staring at this animal that's sort of laying limp in my dog's mouth. I grab the dog. He lets go of the chipmunk, and the chipmunk sort of is trying to get away, but you can tell it's hurt. Tell it's hurt because it has no back legs. Right, because it's it's in <laughs> half. <laughs> it's two halves are going in different directions. We go back to well, the house. Chipmunks, if you cut them in half, each half grows back the other half, right? Yeah, they're you like two, worms. Two chipmunks? Yeah. So we go back to the house. 
I go and get the stamper I have, this like foot by foot iron tamper. Oh, like to tamp it. down the dirt, like to yeah, yeah. Wait, so what for? Like putting go, like a, well, it's I'm gonna put it out of its misery. No, no, no. I, I get, understand what this tamper is for. We it's kind of like it's, it's basically level out uh, dirt. It's a wooden handle with a flat uh, metal base on it that you just pound the ground with to flatten what? out the dirt. Since when? What is this? A new Yankee workshop? <laughs> Since forever. Um, you go make your yard flatter with a stick with a square on the end? Oh, or if it's you're for landscaping or if you're laying time. patio bricks, stuff like that. Right. If you're laying a foundation, you want it to you want it to settle in you in know Dave's thirty case, seconds. He bought one in years. case he had to smash a chipmunk with it. Right. right. It would be more useful for smashing a chipmunk than for leveling <laughs> out your yard with one stick. Well, I thought it was going to be effective, but by the time I got back, I think he saw that I was coming to kill him, and he drug his old bones off somewhere, and I couldn't find him. So, <laughs> And the wife's like, you're not going to stamp him with it, are you? I'm like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, you're not going to nurse him back to hell. Let him suffer? <laughs> like, teach him how to walk again? Like, what, what am I supposed to do with this thing? Build little <laughs> prosthetic chipmunk legs for him? Right. This isn't awakenings. Like, I'm not going to help this chipmunk. <laughs> Don't you give up on me, chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you die on me. <laughs> and so we're, so that was that day. And then this is I this love day. Brad Chipmunkalo. <laughs> so we're walking down the street. And this time, I'm walking like 20 feet behind him. I'm walking with Cecilia. Joey's up there on her bike. And you've got All of a sudden, this chipmunk runs into the road, and my wife is walking Fonzie, and immediately the chipmunk realizes it has made this huge mistake, and it run it's it's scurrying in fifteen different directions, and my dog is like pouncing and hopping, and finally it just dives on the thing and catches it in its mouth, and does that death shake. Oh no! Yeah. Oh. So yeah. there's nothing you can do. Like it's just it, he shakes it for like three seconds, yeah, that's and it. then I mean, he breaks its neck. Right? He's like Bane on this thing, and <laughs> uh, and so he's got the. And my daughters at this point have left their bikes and they walk over, and my wife has screamed and sort of blacked out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and doesn't know where she is. We and my girls are standing there, and I'm and I'm. So I grab him by his harness and I walk him over away and I the girls see it and I walk him over away Where's from Where's the chipmunk right now? Still in his, in, in his mouth in, or in his mouth. He won't let go of it. So there's this dead chipmunk two feet from my daughter's in his mouth. And I walk him over. I'm like, Nick, just keep the girls here. I'm gonna walk I over. I am the chipmunk's reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna walk him over and I walk him over. 30 feet into this little wooded area in my neighbor's yard and I'm trying to pry his mouth open and he won't let go of this thing. You should have used the tamper. I should have used the tamper on my I probably should have used the tamper on my dog. Probably fix a lot of problems around my house. My lawn would look amazing. All of a sudden, I look, and so I'm over like, Fonzie, let go of this thing. Fonzie, come on, man, let go of this chipmunk. I turn around and my daughters are standing behind me and they're <laughs> staring at this thing. And so then I have to go into this discussion about death. What I learned in an instant was don't offer any information. Let them lead the entire discussion because I don't need to be putting any ideas in their head. Well, 
he's in heaven with the pretty angels. He's an angel now? What's that? You know what I mean? Like, so I was like, listen, we're going to bury him. We took him back to the house. I put two sticks under him and sort of <laughs> juggled his body with these two little sticks back to the house. And I think juggling his corpse in front of the girls must have been odd. Yeah, that's like one of those little stick jugglers with the little, you know. Right, like those guys that are, right, like the guys at a rave. No, it wasn't so much. Yeah, it's weird when you set him on fire first, too. That was strange. Mm-hmm. Gave him a tablet of E and put it under his tongue. <laughs> Daddy, when you die, will mommy juggle your corpse down the sidewalk? <laughs> Too big. <laughs> and so then the girls had painted rocks earlier in the day. So, they, and, you know, I'm like, do we do the very special episode and get him a shoebox? I'm looking at Nick, I'm like, do I get a shoebox for this thing? It's so much harder to, to dig a hole the size of a shoebox as opposed to just dig a hole the size of a chipmunk. Right. So I. I would go no shoebox for sure. So you no shoebox. No, you, you really there. just want him to decompose. Like you don't want him to be preserved. Right. right. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't. You didn't pour enough. a concrete vault. No, but I had to dig deep enough to where my dog couldn't dig it up. Oh, right. Because he's uh, gonna bring you worse. a decomposed, decomposed, for a angry like spirit that's been disturbed in my backyard. And so the girls lay these painted field stones that they had colored earlier in the day and that made a nice little bed for it a nice comfortable stone bed <laughs> at this point did they understand what dead meant so we t- you know i said listen it's yeah they understand in a way that a three-year-old understands they like we tell them if you get hit by a car you will be dead if you <laughs> if you lean over the you know the railing of the balcony in our house you will be dead mm-hmm. because you will fall and die and you will not see us anymore. So we use it as a fear tactic. They don't obviously don't understand what dead means, but they understand, you know, they were like, is it sleeping? Is it going to wake up? I'm like, no, honey, it's not going to wake up. It's going to wake up and realize that its guts are all over the sidewalk. <laughs> and then I, such a rude awakening. I, oh, it's, you know, cause it was bleeding and like his brains are like sticking out. And I'm like trying to hide that part. But at the same time, I love toughening them up little by little. Like ever since they were little kids, I'd get them into, you know, picking up snails and worms and looking at... If you, you know, see they're just having too much fun, you just backhand them really hard and say, right. this is what they life is like. Cigarettes in the back of their hand. Exactly. They're really sort of either emotionally detached or very comfortable with things like this. So they're like... Or they're sociopaths or psychopaths. Yes. You're going to find them dissecting the dog like that tomorrow. And one's going to be painting a big pile of rocks and the other one's going to be just unspooling Fonzie's intestines <laughs> i did drop the heaven line i'm like oh he's in heaven oh, 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 god why do i say that why do i why do i have to get into theology <laughs> theology like you know i mean because we're they're, they're sort of getting into that prayers before dinner and everything and baby jesus at christmas but yeah i didn't need to go there and they just sort of didn't pay attention they because they really just saw it as a, a sleeping lifeless animal and didn't really asked too many questions when I started throwing dirt on top of it. Sounds and, like a win to me. Yeah, it was a, oh, it was a totally a win-win. Like they got to participate in the funeral cuz they had colored rocks. Uh they got to witness a vicious murder. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't love that? Do you live in Chicago land and know how to read? Catch my monthly column, Viva Daddy in Chicago Parent Magazine. And read our paternity test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. This week, 
an open letter to the glitter from my daughter's art project. And now it's time for Awkward Moments. Guys, you know that uh, I'm a disgusting Dago and that I'm capable of sweating through nearly any article or pile of clothing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, don't you don't you have multiple shirts to go through throughout the day that you keep with you in the car sometimes? Typically, I keep a change in the car, so if I get out of the car and I've already got pit stains to the middle of my chest, I can change. I sweat through suit coats. Uh, I've sweat through dress coat, uh, like uh, winter coats before. <laughs> I, I've seen I set Matt a new personal a, record. Matt sweat through a mattress before where you could lift the mattress <laughs> up after you slept on it, and it's moist on the bottom. <laughs> it's clear like a, like when you put a greasy sandwich on butcher paper. <laughs> well, I set a new personal best for being a disgusting animal. I sweated through someone else's shirt. What? Like oh. a different guy who was wearing a shirt. I was riding on the L today. I went down to the loop for something, and it was rush hour. So I sat, but it wasn't quite full yet, so I sat on a seat because there weren't stand, standees yet. And another guy in a business shirt sat next to me, and he was kind of a big guy. And he so he tucked his elbow basically under my armpit. And if you can't quite picture that, it doesn't matter, but that's what was happening because everybody was packing. And then other people came in and packed us into these seats, so we were touching. And we rode a half dozen stops together. And the guy stood up to get off and go to work, and I realized that I had sweated through his sleeve. Oh. Oh. Oh, that is so amazing. Like, your (laughs) salt, your perspiration was up against his, like, through his clothing and his skin. God, I hope he doesn't kill anybody with that elbow, because if they do a swab for DNA. Oh, I know. You're screwed. Uh, I looked into, as I'm getting older now, the sweating problem is getting a little less horrible, you know, 15 to 25. It was so profound that I looked into how to fix it. But at the time, maybe they've got a way to fix it now. It's been a long time since I looked. But at the time, they the only thing they could really do is surgically go into your armpit and, like, cut the red wire. But if they accidentally cut the green <laughs> wire, you couldn't lift your arms above your head anymore. Well, the great thing about aging is that old people don't sweat as much as young people. It's also why they get heat stroke more often. So I got that to look forward to, Mm -hmm. which is nice. (laughs) Well, folks, it's time for another episode of The Paternity Test to go teach the kids how to play scissor tag. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test, like us on Facebook, and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com. Call our voicemail at 657 bad dads and tell your friends about the show if you want to support the show by throwing away your hard in dollars there's a paypal donate button at our website all right everybody remember don't let your child hug that spongebob character walking down the street in your neighborhood because you never know what fluids he's soaked up and until next time best of luck passing the paternity test <laughs>